0: a Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Today, I want to focus on men. You know, many of you may not know this, but I work with just as many men as I do women. And guess what? Men struggle with the same things as women do. It just may manifest itself a little bit differently. In fact, it's kind of funny. When I talk to men, they are often shocked that I coach women. They say to me, well, what could women possibly be coached for? I mean, we're the ones that have to approach you. We're the ones that have to kind of take responsibility, especially in the beginning of dating. But the truth of the matter is we all struggle in different areas and we all want the same thing. So I'm really excited about today and I have a special person on the line that I'll introduce in a second. But there is one particular question that I want to focus on today because this is what I hear a lot from my men that I coach. I hear my male clients complain that women only like bad boys. And they struggle with being a nice guy and they get frustrated because they think that women don't really want nice men, that they only want the bad boys. And this really isn't true. (laughs) So we'll we'll kind of dive into that. But quickly, I wanted to share, uh, actually, it was a very heartwarming story. And I hope he's listening because this particular client that I worked with is near and dear to me. Maybe I'll even have him on the podcast soon. Um, He came to me as the good, giving, caring guy, right? He was, you know, relationship oriented. He actually found himself getting into relationships with men or sorry, not men, women, (laughs) no, with women who would like suck him in. And then he found himself just staying because of maybe guilt of having it be something that wasn't working but he found that this was a pattern in him, in his life. In fact, he said that he often stayed in things too long. And he realized after working with me that he never really allowed himself to date and choose women that he liked. In fact, in the beginning of the dating stages, these women always liked him more than he liked them. And so fast forward, he found himself married to a woman who had kind of, uh, you know, he got sucked into that vortex of him being the pleaser and wanting things to work, and then he stayed there out of guilt. And then after he separated, he didn't know what to do because then he started dating all these women who, again, liked him more than he liked them. And I think what we uncovered as we started talking through everything that he felt this need If he was nice and he could make it work, well, then maybe he would receive that love. And so it was like, again, a broken record where he kept trying to get this love that he was searching for, but that wasn't the case. In fact he realized that he was being dishonest with himself and these women. And so we untangled that and I taught him how to be more upfront with his feelings so that he could be honest with how he was feeling with women and himself. And when he did this, it completely was a game changer. In fact, he started dating up a storm without guilt and ended up with the woman of his dreams, who he is still with today. And they're a lovely couple and a very different relationship than he has been in in the past. So you see men out there, women love nice guys. It's not about that but we like honest ones. It's not the bad boy that we want. It's the honest upfront and confident presence that women look for. And when you're too nice, it's actually more about you trying to mold yourself into the woman for acceptance. And let's face it, neither sex really finds that sexy (laughs) or attractive. I mean, I hear this on the opposite side as well. So with me on the line today, I actually have a really special guy uh, we've been coaching together who kind of struggled with this nice guy syndrome, but in a different way. And ladies, he is nice. He's a great guy. And oh, by the way, he is available. I'm just saying. Hi, Steven.
1: Hi, how's it going? (laughs)
0: Okay, how are you?
1: Doing well. It's been a, an eventful week and an adrenaline-filled adrenaline week. Adrenaline-filled week.
0: Just Tell me about
1: a that. Lot, a lot of craziness going on at work, a lot of stress, a lot of fire drills, uh, maybe getting up at two, work until eight, but on the bright side, I did have an opportunity to, to give a presentation and to remind me um, why I like doing what I do. And that was how,
0: okay. So, how does this adrenaline wrench make you feel?
1: Anxious, nervous, stressed out.
0: Woohoo! See, I taught you well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so proud of you. Yeah, because remember, when we first met, I don't think you did that, you know? And so, that was one of the things we worked on is really like after describing something, you know, owning how you feel. And that's what a lot of this stuff is about. Well, actually, do you want to just share a little bit about? you know, when we first met things that you were working on and struggle with just to tell people about you?
1: Yeah, I think I finally reached at a point where if if I was to summarize 2017, it's been self-improvement. And I realized there was a lot of areas within my life that I think I could improve. Um, Back up here where I was, I was going on a lot of dates. My challenge was not getting the date. It was Mm -hmm. keeping them and having like a long-term relationship. And, and I date women for maybe one, two months, go on a few dates here and there, and then it would just fizzle out. And then I started to wonder, is there something wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really believed that. And I was like, ah, there's, there's something more to this. So let me explore it a little bit more. And I was discussing the challenges with some friends and um, my friend, Betty, she she recommend a relationship coach. I'd never thought about it before. She had given a story about somebody that you had worked with closely and mm-hmm. it literally changed her life. And I was like, oh, what do I have to lose? I was like, let me give this a shot. And that's when I kind of reached out reached out to you.
0: Yeah, I remember that. And, and it's been so nice working with you. And I, I, it's been fun also seeing you And I I think this is going to be great for women to listen to, because again, I don't think women sometimes remember that men struggle with this stuff too. Again, like we're all the same and it's so nice and refreshing to have you on here to really like talk about this stuff. Cause I think a lot of people can relate to both men and women. So, I mean, okay. So you came to me because you weren't kind of getting to the next level with women. You were going on a lot of dates but then it kind of fell short. So after working together, like what is something that you think you're struggling with now? Like what have you improved on and like where do you want to go at this point?
1: I think where – so when we had first talked, I think we had talked about that emotional connection, um, mm-hmm. just that next level. I think up front there was some physical attraction or they would see – well put together, nice guy, got his stuff together and go from there. But then where did we go? So I think coaching me, increasing my emotional intelligence, having more feeling words associated Mm -hmm. uh, to describe my day, to describe how certain events in my past, how that made me feel, so I think I was always really good at telling stories, but I didn't infuse enough emotion into that. And I, I would say that's one of the, the, is the quickest and mo- probably the most effective thing that I've been able to implement, um, mm-hmm. so We've able to, to work together. Um, we've also, you yeah, had me read the, what was it? No More Mr. Nice Guy. Oh,
0: right. I know I was going to yeah, plug that is, book. Yeah. Any of you well. listening. No More Mr. Nice Guy by Robert Glover. It's amazing, right? And what there were things that resonated with you, right? Oh,
1: very relatable. Very relatable. And I was able to see how I think I was really molding myself to an image that I thought people would want. Basically. Yes. I I really I'm a people pleaser. So I have a tendency to to really care about what others think, um, and I think I had this idea, this this image of what women wanted, and I was striving for that. And I, I think I still struggle with that. Um, but striving to meet that image and always falling short. And we're no one's perfect, but everybody's going to fall short. So um,
0: yeah, yeah. Where did that? people pleaser need come from? I mean, you and I had talked about that, but I want to dive into that a little more.
1: You know, I, I'm not quite sure. I think, um, so I grew up, so I'm Asian, um, and I grew up as a child of, of immigrants and Mm -hmm. I didn't, I, I think this is where it came from. I'm not exactly sure, but I, didn't like how Asian males were portrayed in Hollywood and in the media. And I was like, I just did not fit that mold. And Mm -hmm. I I think that was a complex within me that I did everything possible um, in my life to combat all those stereotypes of whether we were weak, we were unattractive, we were small, we were only good at math or martial arts. Um, Mm -hmm we were bad drivers or all, you know, all these, these, these things. Um, Are you a good driver, by the way? I, it depends on who you ask, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm from, I'm from the Los Angeles area and I'm pretty aggressive driver and I moved to the Bay area and I feel like people drive a little bit too slow here, so.
0: Right. So again, you didn't want to fall into that Asian stereotype of being a slow, bad driver. I love that. That's hilarious. No, but that, the cultural aspect definitely was something I think you and I talked about too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I think there was this idea of, I don't want to be associated at all with those stereotypes Mm -hmm. and trying to create this image that that's not me. So that I could be kind of a complete 180 of all those stereotypes to try to change that per- perception. And I think mm-hmm. that's maybe where, maybe where it started, um, I, but I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. When you grew up, like when you were a little boy, when things got tough or you had a stressful day, were you able to talk to your parents? Was that something that was expressed in your home? Mm-hmm.
1: You never asked me this question before, but no, I don't think so at all. There was, there was a small language barrier there. My parents do speak mm. English, but, but I don't speak Mandarin that well. So oh. there, there is a, some distance there because of language. And I was very independent. I kind of had to deal with everything on my own. Both my parents had to work. So I was this Uh latchkey kid and I uh, made mistakes. I cooked food. I burned food. I spilled things. I broke things. But I learned. I hurt myself. um, But I learned. Uh, My parents were there, but I was also very, very independent.
0: So you pretty much had to nurture yourself, it sounded like. Not that your parents didn't love you or care, but they were so busy, right, doing their thing that you kind of had to be a caregiver to yourself in some aspects.
1: Yeah, I do feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. My so sister, yeah, I have an older sister, and she's about mm-hmm. eight years older than I am. Um, she was kind of there for me as well because kind of by default, while both my parents worked, Mm -hmm. She was kind of there, but, but yeah, I agree with what you just said.
0: So that, okay. So that, that's one thing, but then the other thing is about how feelings got expressed, which sounds like there really it really wasn't. And and you know, I have a lot of clients who are Asian and what they tell me, and I think you might have mentioned this too, is that what gets reinforced in the family system is more about success and academics rather than expressing feelings and emotions. Was that kind of true? Like if you had a hard day, it's like, you know, it's easier to talk about facts and and things that happened in the day rather than how you felt about something in the day?
1: Yeah. I, you know, None of that really occurred at all in my family. I don't think mm-hmm. I ever really expressed feeling with my family. If, if there was ever any emotion, it was with my friends.
0: And were you able to express emotions with friends outside the home?
1: I, I'm trying to think back. Mm-hmm. And to some extent, yes, I do. But I don't... Mm-hmm exactly know what we all talk i can't remember to the exact detail what Mm -hmm. we discussed but i think some of my first girlfriends we were able to express emotion and Mm -hmm. i had a very strong connection with them
0: now were you able to express emotion with them or more they with you
1: Now I'm trying to remember when I was 16 or 17 at this time. I
0: know it's kind of hard to to remember, but just like the gist of it, because
1: I think think it was, it was -hmm. reciprocal. I think it was mutual. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know how much of that was, was more lust and puppy love type thing. Right. And just something being new and everything. Mm -hmm. But I do remember when we were, we were, it was very relatable. Uh, yeah. some of the the challenges that we both faced
0: well and and I just want to do like a tie in here in in for you listening that you know when you grow up in a household where you're kind of you know well first of all you you kind of nurtured yourself, you were a provider to yourself, you were a caregiver you know in many ways to yourself, and then on top of it you really didn't express a lot of emotion, you know, at least in the family system. So, you know, it's kind of like Mandarin, right? It's, it's emotional intelligence or, or talking in feelings is is the language, right? So how, how the heck were you supposed to know how to do it? So it's amazing that you then, you know, practice that with some girls or friends outside of it. But I'm wondering to what extent. And I think after working together, um, there may have been some some stuff but maybe not in a way that like really true intimacy is expressed you know and and that that right there is a tie in to a lot of times why relationships don't get deeper you know because it can just stay at kind of a surfacey level or you fall into really knowing a lot about them like you know i think because you're a very good talker and you're very caring you know how to extract information from other people so they probably were able to express things you know to you but then you know flipping it or making it a little more even i th- i don't think you did as much
1: yeah that's probably I am mean, given my uh, how all my dating relationships have gone uh, i would say maybe more recently yeah I, that's fair, probably very accurate.
0: So, what has been the recent experiences? So just to kind of describe since, that,
1: since we yeah. started working together, or or prior,
0: prior, and then <laughs> and, and then and then fast forward to now, and that'll kind of bring us up to speed and where you want to go.
1: Well, I guess if I was to kind of describe some of my more um, serious relationships, actual um, girlfriends they moved very, very fast. Um, Mm. I think we did connect on a, on a deep emotional level very, very quickly, but I started to have this thing. It's like the things that start very fast crashed and burned. So we, we'd have these intense, we would just like hang out all day and we would just, we would talk and we would have fun. We have laughs, we joke, um, and just really enjoy each other's company. Um, And then all of a sudden something like with me, maybe I'd see more of them. I'd see traits that I didn't like. And I'd be like, oh, I'm not really sure I wanna continue this. Or it'd be like conflict resolution didn't really work out that well. And Uh, so I, maybe it was unhealthy to be able to share so much and connect so deeply, so quickly.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But I took that as like, wow, this is the one there's, you know, (laughs) sparkles, there's, you know, all these things, fireworks type thing. And I think I may have gotten ahead of myself. Then I started to think, oh, this could be the person that I marry. And, you know, I'm not that young anymore. So I was maybe rushed or feeling anxious regarding Mm -hmm. that.
0: So it became like a pacing issue. I call these relationships or these experiences, I should say, tornado <laughs> dating experiences where you get kind of caught up in the storm, right? And it's, it's a whirlwind and it's exciting and it's emotionally and probably sexually charged and you lose yourself in it, right? And then the tornado goes away and you're left with the remnants around you and you're like, oh my God, what just happened? And you lost yourself in the midst of it. Is that kind I, of how it
1: went? Yeah, I would yeah. see. I it got to a point where I wasn't sure if I really. Probably, I didn't stand up for myself. Where, uh, yeah, I never felt like pushed around. But if we had an argument, I would. Even if it wasn't completely my fault, I would take full responsibility for it. Mm. Um, to some extent Mm -hmm. Um, and to try to not make the matter worse probably
0: right right see and this is what the nice guy syndrome thing and so then you're kind of trying to make it work and you're blaming yourself and then you feel guilty for it not being something you know or hurting the woman's feelings that kind of thing yeah 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 Well, that, and thank you for sharing that. Because again, that I think is such a common pattern with many people, not just with men. So then fast forward, after we started working together, what did you discover about that for yourself? And what's your dating experiences right now?
1: Hmm. Well, when, when we started working together, there was, I had just started dating somebody that I met online.
0: Mm, Um, Yeah, I remember that.
1: I, you know, we, I I liked her, um, but it after two to three months, it we just never were able to. I would say, find a strong enough connection. Um, I I think that the pace, we we were trying to work on pacing. Pacing.
0: Um, we mm-hmm. would,
1: I think we would date uh, once we'd see each other once a week, once every two weeks. Um, and that's probably as much as we would, would talk as well. And I think that pace was really refreshing. Um, mm-hmm. but, but after we talked, it, it felt like after about three months that the connection probably should have been stronger and we decided to end it. Um, and then, you know, I've gone on a few dates here and there and I've been really practicing that emotional intelligence, describing being self-aware and also mm-hmm. describing and infusing feeling into stories and into my experiences throughout the day. And um, I've been dating somebody recently, which is actually kind of a funny story. Where yeah, I went on a a date with this um, with a girl that I've known for a while. Um, we just aren't that compatible, but she set me up with one of her best friends, and we've been dating <laughs> for the past couple of months. So um, I'm not sure where that's going to go. I'm just not feeling that connection, but I've been able to really practice infusing, again, feeling the infusing feelings into the stories, um, good pacing. But right now where I think I'm struggling is I'm going back to my old self where I feel bad that um, I wanted to kind of define the relationship a little bit more. I think Mm -hmm. she wants to um, hear from me more than, you know, once a week or wants to see me at definitely at least once a week, talk a little bit more throughout the week. And I'm just not there. And I feel bad. about. What do you
0: her. feel? Okay. What do you feel bad about?
1: Um, that I'm like leading her on that. I'm hurting her feelings that, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if she's dating other people. I'm open to, you know, dating other people at this, at this time. But if she's not dating other people, I feel like she's already almost committed to me and she wants me to make a decision quicker, but she hasn't necessarily, she hasn't said that. She's told me that she's, she's happy with the pace or are um, or good with where she's at right now, but, she, but she does want to hear from me more.
0: Okay. Okay. This is really good because I think, you know, I love that you Practice pacing things out with this woman. And I think it's also somebody that you normally maybe wouldn't have um, gone on with, you know, like maybe in the past with you were talking about this isn't somebody that maybe normally you'd be attracted to, but you wanted to give it a chance. There's enough there. And I love that you're practicing these things. So let me ask you something. You said that you're not there. So what is it that like, If there was a magic wand right now and you could just make things exactly how you want it, what would it be with this girl?
1: Hmm. I think I'm just not physically attracted to her, but she's attractive. That's the.
0: the okay. No, fair (laughs) enough. Fair enough. And well, and this could be a whole other podcast about chemistry and what makes people tick with each other. But you know, you're practicing the emotional chemistry, which I was encouraging you to do by, by sharing. And some of that's there, right? We have the emotional chemistry, you have the intellectual chemistry and spiritual, but the physical, somehow it's just not clicking is what you're saying. Even though she's attractive, you're not feeling it. Yeah. Okay. So given that, what is it that you want with her? What what's like the ideal thing you would want with her?
1: I, I'm i actually contemplating actually ending it. <laughs> <But> <laughs>
0: Fine,
1: you, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's probably, I, mean, I think just for to remain friends. Um, okay. But, you know, we hang out, I don't, I think we're just hanging out as friends right now, just getting to know each other. I think in the beginning I was really, I just enjoyed getting to know her. We had some Mm -hmm. laughs. Uh, Mm -hmm. It it just enjoyed, you know, different things, going to restaurants, having a drink here and there, going to a museum. But it's getting to a point where it's like, uh, is this now wasting time?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, have you guys kissed? Has there been any kind
1: of activity whatsoever? This might sound a little shocking to some people, but no, we have not. I just really haven't had a, tremendous desire to to uh-huh. do. Um and, and this also, so I didn't share, I you know, this also kind of translates and ties into my Christian beliefs as well. Um, yeah. So just not kind of getting to that level yet to put us in a um I don't how to say it, like in a tough spot that we push the boundary so far. That we both regret some of our decisions,
0: right, right, right. I mean, do you think it would change your mind if you if you did get have a little more physical contact with her? I'm not saying you have to have sex, but just in terms of you know kissing no, other yeah, things
1: I, no, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> okay, well, Steven, it sounds like you're pretty clear about what it is that you want with her
1: I, I think so. I think when we we had our last session. Mm -hmm. I I was, I was wavering a little bit and I kind of wanted to push past, past that just to uh, try to be different from my old self or what I was doing in the past. But I, I I think I'm, I think I'm there. (laughs) It's been about a couple of weeks since we last spoke. So I think, I think at this point I'm kind of, I'm kind of there, but I'm still hesitant because I want to, I think I'm just trying to push that boundary of not not going back into old habits.
0: Okay, but I will also remind you that one of your old habits is staying in something too long out of guilt.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, good point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? So um yes, I'm proud of you for giving this, you know, a shot and, and and all that stuff, but you seem pretty clear what it is with this girl for you irregardless of her feelings, and I think it's awesome that you worry about her feelings and you don't wanna hurt her, but the truth of the matter is, is by prolonging it, that will hurt her more because you're not being honest. Remember like the story that I told in the beginning about being honest. And the more honest you are with yourself, first and foremost, is going to then help you be honest with her without guilt. And then it's up to her to decide whether or not she wants to continue friendship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think what I was hoping for by prolonging it was that maybe I'd have a better, a more complete view of her character and other mm-hmm. aspects mm-hmm. that would really overshadow mm-hmm. the physical or, or other things that, and and that's what
0: well, I Yeah. And I think that's great. And, and, and this is also something that we talked about, but for you listening, I wanted to share something that's really true in that you are only 50% of the equation here, right? And you you are, you're you're trying and I I think I commend you for that. And I think that this experience is going to help you with your next experience who maybe you are attracted to. But there may be things that she's not doing, which I teach, (laughs) in terms of the way she's flirting or not flirting or turning it on or off or creating that physical chemistry from her standpoint that has nothing to do with you. Right. And so this is kind of the yin and the yang and the interplay between the two sexes. But all you can do is do you. You do you. Yeah. And if if the results aren't different or it doesn't change, then you have to make a decision on what it is that you want and be clear about it. I think so many people just, you know, they they get scared like you of hurting the other person or or falling into old patterns. That then they stay in something, or it's you know it's it's trying to make something work that's not really in the end doable for you at least right now. So um, you know I would I would recommend you first of all saying out loud that I want because you can, there's is hesitancy even in the way that you're describing. You're like I think I want to still be f- just friends with her. Like, you know, there's the, the way that you're saying it's to really say out loud. I just want to be friends with this woman. I think she's amazing, but she's not somebody that I want to continue in, in terms of dating. Because let's face it. I mean, that's the difference between a friend and somebody that you date is yeah. sexual attraction. I mean, you can have lots of friends, you know, like <laughs> and if that's what you want, then you continue this thing. But that, you know, doesn't sound like what you want. You're looking for a partnership that has, you know, sex is usually involved in something like that, Yeah. irregardless of your religious beliefs down the line. That's what, you know, is, should be there. So um, it, does that all make sense? How, how do you feel
1: it, about what it? It does. Yeah. I, you had mentioned kind of the, some of the things that you teach women and the, and the flirting and stuff and interesting story. That, and I feel, I feel like a jerk for kind of saying this, but we happened to, I was with the girl that I'm like dating when I Mm -hmm. dates with and we were in a group setting and uh, there's another female, another girl there that I met that was much more
0: flirtatious.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very, I was attracted to her and and we were standing next to each other and we're, you know, we all, we all kind of know each other, same kind of group of friends, but it was kind of an awkward situation. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, this girl's next to us and she's touching my arm and doing all these things. And I'm like, uh, I'm not really committed to, you know, this girl and I kind of want to chat with you a little bit more, but, uh-huh, you know, I was like, oh man, it's like, I'm not committed to this girl, but I feel like a jerk. But, you know, that's, that's where I'm kind of want to be. That's where I'm practicing being a little bit more in tune with what I want and what I'm feeling yeah. during that whole process.
0: I love that story. Okay. I just want to highlight that ladies those of you who are listening, did you just hear what he said? <laughs> Flirting is something that can really, really enhance an interaction, right? Like, and again, it's not about how pretty somebody is necessarily. I mean, obviously if they're put together and they're physically attracted to you, that helps, but it's the way that you go about, it's the way you move and that whole flirtatious thing. Again, that, that's the whole other podcast, but I love that you kind of mentioned that. But the other thing about having dating experiences without guilt And it all boils down to you being clear on what it is you want. Um, I, I did this with you, but I wanna highlight it again for everybody is one of a great thing to do besides pacing things out as you're dating multiple people, it's really a way of getting to know yourself in the process. And so if you hadn't had a lot of dating experience before and you fall into this relationship mode every single time, I encourage people to just have a period of time where you're, you're dating, you're having fun. And when you're doing that, I suggest you put people in three buckets. Do you remember this,
1: Steven? Yeah.
0: The bucket list.
1: And I I think, Yeah, I could repeat it back to you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no. So that's what I'm going to remind you because I want everybody to think about this as they're dating multiple people. The first bucket is what I call the fun bucket. Okay. Now the fun bucket can be various people. It could be like ones that are like maybe highly sexually charged and they're just fun and it's whimsical. It could be just like a friend zone type of situation where you're, you're dating for fun. Like maybe that's what this girl falls into for you. You know, like you have some laughs, you like to do the same things, but in the long run, they're not really relationship material in, in some way. Okay. The second bucket is what I call the potential bucket, meaning there's a lot of qualities here that I really can see myself in a relationship with this person. And I'm going to really pace this out and give it a shot in a different way than, like, you know, the fun bucket. Because here's the thing when we talked about pacing, your pacing in the fun bucket is going to be way different than the potential bucket. You know, Usually in the potential, you're going to pace things out. You're collecting data, right? And you're trying to see if this could be somebody for you. The third bucket is what I call just question mark, especially when you're first dating someone, you don't have enough information. Maybe this woman fell into the question mark at first. Like there were a lot of great qualities and you were wondering where she would fall. But it sounds like now you you've gathered enough information to know that she's probably just the fun bucket. Or friend bucket, yeah. you know, so to speak. I mean, maybe you could even make four buckets. <laughs> you know, maybe the friend bucket needs to be another one. But then again, that's not even—that's not dating. You know, that's just you know, friend is a friend. Um, and I think you know, people who tend to feel guilty when they're dating multiple people, it, it takes the guilt out of it. But here's the thing: you have to be clear to that person that you're dating what it is. Once you figure out what bucket they are, so that brings me to this woman for you, Stephen. You sound clear Just say it out loud. Yes, I I just want to be friends with her. And I really enjoyed flirting with that other woman. I want to keep like dating other people and experience that. Then that's what you need to say to her. And, you know, in in whatever way that you feel comfortable with to be upfront and how you feel and that this is a time that you're looking to also explore for yourself differences. You're working on yourself and that's this is part of your journey. And, you know, most women, she might be hurt and sad because she likes you maybe more than, than you like her, but here's the thing. That's not your responsibility. And, and that's what I think you fell into. You, you kept being responsible for women's feelings and you're not responsible for them. All you are responsible for is you, but you need to be upfront with that.
1: Yeah. I that's very accurate. I, I think I really do take on Uh, a lot of weight on my shoulders or this burden of trying to dictate how they feel or not dictate, but feel a responsibility. If they, if they're sad, what can I do to make them not sad or try to solve the problem or.
0: Right.
1: But yeah, I, I I think I put that too much of that uh, on my shoulders.
0: And that is, you know just to kind of loop it that's from your upbringing that is you you know trying to please and make things right and you know get reinforced for being that that stand up guy you know and in, in some ways shape or form and, and and that's again I think there was a tremendous amount of responsibility put on you as a little boy, but you don't like emotionally, you don't have to worry about that anymore to women. And, and, and cause it, as you can see, it backfired and yeah. then you, right. And then you get resentful of this, you know, like, why did I stay in this thing? Or why did I give so much to her? You know, it was exhausting, you know, and then you end up in these fights and conflicts. So I you know, I really encourage you. This is your time to, to stand up for yourself, your feelings, be upfront. And the women are actually going to love you for that. And you will attract the right partner because of that too. Mm -hmm. Does that all make sense? It does. Yeah. What are you feeling right now?
1: Uh, Contemplative, I guess, just trying to see how mm -hmm. to really implement that and, it, it, it's it's hard to break a habit or to break patterns. Oh, totally. But, but how do I go about breaking it, right? So yeah. I think that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Um,
0: yeah. Well, let me um, – I mean, the, the first part about breaking – first of all, by you going to her and saying exactly how you're feeling and what you're feeling, kind of like how we talked it out today – and saying what it is that you want with her. That would be the first step. That's like an action step.
1: That can probably I, I probably will feel really relieved.
0: Oh my gosh, um, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, I mean, because it's it's this weight that's kind of looming over my head or just this, you know, thing that's looming and to just release it probably be make me feel really relieved.
0: I mean, I think that's what's getting you so tripped up and f- filled with like guilt and, and like when that girl flirted with you, like, oh my God. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, I'm not in this committed relationship because you haven't, you haven't said that out loud in a definitive way. Even the way you were talking again, before you kept using the word, I think. No, I don't think you think, I think, you know. Yeah. But to say that out loud and not feel guilty around that and say it to her, yeah, you're going to feel relieved and you can move on and date and do these buckets and, and get to know yourself in the process.
1: Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on that situation? I mean,
0: mm-hmm. she was
1: right next to me. <laughs> this other girl is kind of flirting with me
0: right well that's why you need to have a conversation with her first (laughs) you know because I think I think you're right she's liking you she's kind of looking for like what's the next step with us it's been a while but yet you guys haven't even kissed like you got you got to talk to her and once you're up front then, yeah, I mean, really, then you, you're able to do what you want. So just to recap, you know, the first step, everyone, is to pace things out, collect data, if you will, you know, as you're getting to know people. And if you tend to have a pattern of, like you, Stephen, where you get kind of caught up in the storm and, and, and things are just like too much, too soon, too fast, then try dating a total opposite way you know, like you're, you've you been doing. And it's great. Like it's it's just like experimentation for yourself and how things feel. The second thing is using the dating buckets, you know, put people in these dating buckets and see how it's playing out. And once you decide the third step of what this is, which dating bucket that they do fall in, then you need to get really clear and pull in what it is that you want say it out loud, and then have a conversation with that person so that you're able to date without guilt and, again, attract a more, like, healthy situation for you. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: Steven, thank you so much for coming on here. It was amazing. And I think just, like, by you opening up, I think everyone's going to – you know, relate to what you're saying. And you've, you've helped a lot of people today. So thank
1: you. Thank you, Kim. Yeah. Yeah, This is a great little break amidst the, the tornado and the craziness of. of
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, I hope so. So again, thanks for joining me today. This has been the charisma quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember you can build confidence, make connections and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know what archetype you are, make sure you go to my site, seltzerstyle.com and see what challenges you might be having when it comes to dating. Oh, and you got to check out ladies. I'm doing a dating makeover retreat coming up April 12th through the 15th, the ultimate sexy reboot. It's a four day weekend at a luxurious resort here in Southern California. So please check it out and stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day.